Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. There are many different scenarios around COVID-19. It's not just, you know, that we're all kind of locked down in houses. We're, we all live in different circumstances. You know, I only heard yesterday that, the, of course, the, the, the Minister for Justice was saying if you have access orders for your children, for example, by the uh, district or circuit courts in relation to separation and divorce, you still should continue those access orders. It doesn't mean that the father shouldn't get to see the children or mother or whatever way it happens to be. But can you imagine being told as a new father, you cannot see your baby? You can't even hold them. Now, I think we had Jay on the air last week and his wife only had a baby four or five weeks ago and he's only got to see the baby once as far as I remember and he's a truck driver because he he personally doesn't want to put the baby at risk can your wife imagine being told you can only see your baby for 15 minutes per day this is what parents of neonatal babies around Ireland are being told due to the uncertainty of COVID-19. And neonatal refers to, of course, an infant in the first 28 days after birth. The term applies to premature, full-term and post-mature infants. Now, joining me in the line to discuss this is Mandy Daly, one of the directors of the Irish Neonatal Health Alliance. And good afternoon to you, Mandy. Good afternoon, Al. This is unprecedented times, uncharted waters. We never have been and hopefully never will be in this situation again. But it's a very difficult situation. It must be for, particularly for fathers, because at least the mother gets to see them for 15 minutes, even though that's not enough. But, I mean, what's the answer to this or what's the solution? Well, I suppose at outset, um, a lot of these parents have contacted both our charity and another charity called Pumpal in recent weeks, expressing their concerns about these changes in protocols within our neonatal units around Ireland, which had seen their access being restricted from 24 unlimited access down to 15 minutes in two units. Now, I should advise, none of us knows what what COVID is is bringing down the line for us. We do know that pregnant women are more likely to give birth. There's a 50% chance of having a preterm birth, but we still don't know what the effect is on preterm babies. Do we we have any research in relation to babies getting it and mortality rates? And um, It doesn't seem to obviously have the same effect on babies and young children, although quite stressful and traumatic for a baby to have any kind of virus, but it doesn't seem to have the same uh, mortality, does it? It doesn't, and I don't think the research really is there at present to substantiate that. So we're still in those uncharted waters, and I guess a lot of the reaction in terms of changing protocols has been as a result of fear. It's also as a result of a lot of our units are very old units and the space is very, very confined and it's almost impossible to practice social distancing within those units. And I guess to protect staff, to protect parents, to protect the infants, the the units have had to revise what they consider their normal access policies. What parents are concerned about and why they've contacted us directly is because units are doing different things and there's a communication piece that hasn't gone out to parents explaining the reasons why different units are doing it differently. So when we have one unit in the city who's only allowing mothers access for 15 minutes a day and another unit who is not doing that, who is still doing their best to accommodate parents. And would that be because the facility itself or the hospital itself is just a better, more modern facility? No, it's not. It's just a hospital policy. Okay. So the, 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 the two units I'm referring to would be... Similar size, they're very, very small, very tight in terms of space, but they have 
they just the hospital management have adopted a different approach. Because I did, I did hear. I think the master of Hollow Street on there on the radio a while ago saying that they had set up uh, in the labour wards, for example, separate facilities for those who would be maybe more at risk, for example, to COVID nineteen, and they had set up almost a separate labour ward. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so they're trying to accommodate, uh, you know, mothers and fathers, or uh, particularly mothers, I suppose, in this particular situation. I suppose when we're looking at preterm babies who are admitted to ICU, they, they require a very high level of care and it's almost impossible to set up a second ICU unit in, an, in a hospital already restricted with space. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess what people aren't talking about at the moment is how critical parental presence in these units has been up to now. So parents aren't just visitors. Parents are considered integral parts of the care team. They, the mothers have to express these, they have to produce human milk because preterm babies... I was going to say that. What about the breast milk and yeah, breastfeeding? So yeah. Unfortunately, at 15 minutes a day, that now is impossible. Likewise, with skin-to-skin care, we know that the minimum time the baby gets the best benefit from skin-to-skin care is at 90 minutes per day. And mm. unfortunately, that is now also being ruled out. And the research behind skin-to-skin care and the benefits it brings for preterm infants is enormous. We have I, I completely agree with you. I, I, and the reason I agree with you, I have a personal experience of it because I was born in a mother baby home and I spent 18 months of my life there. And I personally believe it does have a knock-on psychological effect for the rest of your life in relation to closeness and, yeah. uh, and all that kind of thing. So I, I do genuinely believe that it's so important for a mother and father at those crucial times in a baby's life, those mm-hmm. very few first few days, to have that contact and that bonding with the child. It's really important. Yeah. And we have received noticed from one parent in particular who was in one of these units and her baby was taken out of her arms during feeding because her 15 minutes had expired. Oh, no. And that's really... That's not using common sense, isn't it? It's not. And I I guess what we're asking the units to do is is to go and talk to the parents that they are working with because these parents are in those units for four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. In in my case, I was there for three months. They're part of the team and I think they would actually be very valuable in terms of giving feedback as to how I mean, it's difficult it's to know. I, I had a friend who had twins at 23 weeks and, mm-hmm. and I can imagine, I, I worked with him at the time and I knew how difficult that was for him, you know, going back and forward to the hospital. But every minute they had with those children was so valuable. Now, the children end up having heart operations and all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, those two children are fine and well and healthy now. But in saying that, it can be very difficult and traumatic for a parent already without this being added into the mix. And what are they doing in other countries, Mandy, at the moment? I mean, in Spain and Italy particularly, say, for example, who would have it particularly bad. What are the restrictions like there for mothers and babies? Well, and interestingly enough, I also work with some international charities and last night we had a, a Zoom call with um, doctors in New York, Madrid, Porto and Rotterdam and none of them have as restrictive practices as we have here and especially when we look at Madrid which has been really badly hit by COVID. That neonatologist was horrified that we had actually restricted parental access because we're, we're constantly banging on about family-centred care. We're, every unit is focused on parental integration focusing on the importance of parents being there from the very start so that by the time their child is discharged, they're competent and they're competent to take these medically fragile children home and to care for them as best they can. But if we're only allowing them 15 minutes access a day, we're depriving them of that ability to get to know their child so that they will be able to administer the best possible care they can. And they'll never, get that, and they'll never get that opportunity again, of course. You know, so that's, yes. I mean, and have you spoken to Simon Harris in relation to this or have you sent him a letter or has he talked about it? Well, both myself for the INHA and Jan, Jane Lane Martin um, from Pompal have been, I suppose, using our social media leverage to try and get a bit of airtime for, for this, this yeah. topic because a lot of parents have come to us 
that are in units at the moment and they're, they don't feel able to speak out about their concerns because their baby's been cared for. And it's totally understandable. I know it's a bit irrational, mm-hmm. but I can understand why they don't want to go public and say, this is happening to me at the moment because they don't want their baby's care to be compromised. Yeah, of course. What some units have done is some units have actually installed a camera system called Recreate, which enables staff to take some little videos and then send them to parents and whilst it's lovely and it's, it's not the same, parents, it's not the same. No, it's not. Not the same. Everybody it's wants more. to hold their baby and feed their baby and you know just squeeze, squeeze the and baby, and you just want to have your baby, don't you? But nobody is talking about the effect on the babies. So whilst yeah. we're doing what we can to facilitate parents in terms of installing cameras, I have yet to hear any unit come out and say what this is going, to, what long-term effect this is going to have on the baby. So premature babies, from the day they're born. All they experience are negative experiences. So they're, they're born in a high-risk situation. Every time they get a touch from somebody, it's generally a painful medical procedure. They get very little nurturing touch, very posit- no positive touch experiences. So having parents present during the day while these children undergo, in some instances, 15 painful procedures a day, it's so vitally important to have those parents there to offer that comfort, that love, that security, because that affects the way the brain See, there are so many there are so many things at the moment with this COVID-19 that we took for granted in society, you know, yeah. and having our liberties in this world. And now all those liberties have been taken away from us. And I, I understand a lot of the reasons for that. But I think in certain circumstances, I think there has to be a bit of give and take. And I think particularly in these circumstances, there should be some sort of arrangement made. What concerns me even as well is, although I think it's disgraceful that a mother only gets 15 minutes with her baby uh, per day uh, from 24 hours, but the father gets no access. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I find that very difficult. I understand the mother, by the way, is the one that had the baby. And I think that's mm-hmm. vitally important. Um, and that bond is vitally important. And I do believe in a maternal instinct and how uh, that bond is so important. But also, I think for fathers out there, it must be devastating. It must be horrendous. And internationally, again, fathers are not being excluded. What units are doing internationally and what some units here are doing is they're trying to do rosters so that parents within the unit are actually working with the staff to prepare rosters, to allow everybody to come into the unit for some time during the day, much more than 15 minutes, enough time to allow the mum to breastfeed, to have skin-to-skin care, to let dad have skin-to-skin care, because it's unfortunate that the minute we we hit a crisis, the parents are the first ones to be excluded without people actually working together and perhaps talking to a health system and saying, we have been telling you for years that our NICUs are too small, they're dangerous, they're sites of infection. If anything goes wrong, we don't have the capacity to cope. And this now is coming to pass. Mm-hmm. And the return to themselves in recent times have publicly come out and said that it's dangerous and we really do need help. And I think perhaps working together... So, but wait, Mandy, what, what, what is the main concern around the mother spending more time with the father being there? Is it that they pa- not pass it on to the baby? I don't think that's probably the concern. Is it that they're passing it on to the other staff uh, that are there or or that the, the staff might pass it back to them who indeed they might have elderly parents at home? What, what, what is the main reasoning they're using? The logic there? Well, for, for start, the communication piece hasn't happened between families. So families aren't quite sure what the underlying reasons are and they haven't been provided with the evidence for it. But I think there are a number of things at play here. We need to protect our healthcare workers. The NICU staff are very highly trained. They're very specialised. If we start losing them to COVID, we're in trouble. So they are protecting their staff. They're also protecting the babies because they don't know what the unknown is if these children get them. They're afraid if they increase the footfall to the unit by allowing parents to come in, there's another route of infection. And there's a lot of stuff at play. And I think that the big thing here is 
people haven't sat down and spoke together about what their concerns are and how they can work together to best get through mm-hmm. this without damaging parents, the staff or the babies. And I think, as I said, one unit has actually sat with parents and they've despised rosters and it's working quite well. Yes, their time is restricted, but I think that collaborative effort is going to produce a much better outcome ultimately okay. than just putting a blanket this is, this is what we've decided. And, and, and finally, if, you, if, you could, if Simon Harris, our Minister for Health, was listening to you right now, what would you say to him finally? I would say have a look at our, our 19 NICUs after this crisis is over and please, please support them in their efforts to make them safer. All right, we, have to, we have to learn from this experience. Okay, I completely agree with you. And I, have, I think everybody listening today absolutely understands the, the predicament that many parents might be in, particularly those, obviously, of, of premature babies, but also just fathers and mothers who want to be there for the... Well, particularly fathers who want to be there. The mothers have to be there for the birth, of course. But the fathers would like to be there for the birth of their children because it's only something you'll see once in your lifetime. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed. Mandy Daly, Director Mandy, of the Irish and Neonatal Alliance. Um, a lot of people texting saying they've been told that they can't have their birthing partners while they're having their baby and they're devastated. Um, and a lot of... Somebody else mentions... Uh, my baby was born premature. I couldn't agree with more with Mandy. I am now restricted in my own visits to my own child. Yeah, yeah. It must be very... I look, it is an unprecedented time. It's very uncharted territory. I understand there's rules, and but I have to think the rules should be allowed to be bent every now and again in certain circumstances, and I can understand why. Uh, Jan is uh, from Pumpal, and she's Pumpal creator. They're a not-for-profit company providing support to breastfeeding mothers and sick and premature babies. Jan, good afternoon to you. Hi there, Lionel. Very difficult time, I suppose, for everybody, but particularly, I suppose, those who have difficult circumstances. And I, I suppose the mother and father of a child that's been born premature and they want to breastfeed, it's, it's a very difficult time if they can only get 15 minutes with a baby. Yes, extremely difficult time. And um, I created Compel because I've been through a very similar situation myself. So... Um, I was hesitant to come on the radio, to be honest now, because I don't consider myself an expert in neonatal care at all. Um, so I didn't want to be putting myself forward as an expert. I'm certainly not. Okay. But I have parents contacting me distraught at these measures. And I fundamentally believe that the measures are wrong, that babies should not be restricted and kept away from their primary caregivers. Because that's and what we're doing. We're denying a child the right to be with their own parents. Exactly. And there's a lot of debate on this going on on social media, which is great. Debate is healthy. But I just want to bring the conversation back to your very first question that started the conversation today. What's the solution? And that's where, that's what we need to look at. And that's why I spoke out on my social media for Punk Pal. What's the solution here? Because there has to be one. There are other units who are dealing with very similar situations to the units in introducing this 15-minute rule. Their conditions are cramped, very cramped. I've been in them myself. They're worried about their staff getting the virus and being too sick to care for the babies. And that would be a complete disaster. And, yeah, I, and, and, that, agree and, with and I understand that concern. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because and the last thing we need, to... the last thing we need yeah. is clusters of COVID-19, similar to that we have that's in care homes in maternity yeah. hospitals. No, and nobody wants that. Yeah. But what we're, what, what's happened here is, to me now, in my opinion, the management of these hospitals have panicked and they have made a decision 
that goes against their neonatal policies, which is that the baby is at the centre of the care and that the baby's needs come first. What are the baby's needs? They need the staff who are highly skilled to look after them and they need their primary caregivers. And that's non-negotiable. That should be... Because the, 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 evidence, the evidence clearly suggests that it makes a huge difference to a child's life to have those early years, particularly if they're premature, to have those early years and to have that bonding with their parents. So, I mean, yes. and the evidence is there to suggest that. And your, your baby can be in an incubator. I've been through that situation myself and absolutely heartbreaking that you can't hold them on your chest all day long. But you can still be there. They can hear your voice. They can feel your touch. And I know from my own experience, when I was there, when the baby heard my my voice and felt my touch, their heart rate going down. There are countless studies on that these days. So, so so Jan, I know you said you're not an expert and neither am I. So what is the solution then? Yeah, so this is it. That's what I want to focus on, Niall. I mean, what's the point in discussing it at all if we're not finding a solution? Yeah. And like you say, unprecedented times, we're in an emergency. We need a solution fast. Let's have a look at what the other hospitals are doing. What are they doing? The Crumlin ICU, the cardiac ICU, which you mentioned your friend was probably in, Talk to him about that ICU. It's tiny. It's cramped. What are they doing? Have they told the parents they can't go in? No. They have restricted access to one parent at a time for each child. So they have found a way to allow the children to still be with their parents. That's the way to go. So what, they've, what, what they're saying is they've, they've accepted that there is a risk, but the yes. risk is small. And they've accepted that risk. And they say, well, look, we have to, there has to be a, you know, some sort of level of sacrifice. It looks as though, now I haven't spoken to them, but it looks as though they are well aware that they cannot remove children from their primary caregivers. That's what they have done. And look at the Coombe. The Coombe ICU is also very cramped. I have spoken to someone in there confidentially. What they are doing is they, similar to Crumlin, they have restricted to one parent at a time, mother or father. And I can understand that, yeah. Yes. And they're doing a rota type system so that they make sure their very small and cramped ICU isn't overwhelmed with too many people at a time. Now, I don't know what protective gear they're giving the parents. Perhaps they are. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But what, I'm, what I was saying on my social media is hospital management, you need to look at a solution for this that keeps babies with their primary caregivers as much as possible. And what, what about, what about by the way, sorry to interrupt it. you, Jan, but what about those parents who are texting in who don't have premature children, but they're just having their babies and they want their husband there or their partner oh, there or, I know. or they want and their now, birthing partner with them? I know, and look, that is terrible. And I would direct them towards the AIMS website and the AIMS social media pages they're doing brilliant work on that. They are trying to get people to listen about that and it is awful. And there are a huge amount of people making terrible sacrifices at this time. There's a lot of people in pain. I suppose what I would say, Niall, is at least those women going into labour are fully grown adults who can speak. Okay. They have a voice. What I'm talking about here is vulnerable, unwell babies. Yeah. who cannot be removed from their primary caregivers. And Niall, could I just make another and can point? I, can, I, can I make the point too that these women generally, because they're having a premature baby, have gone through a very traumatic experience um, and a lot of worry and stress. And this is the last thing they need on top of that, I suppose. 
Well, this is it, Doyle. I mean, I know from my own experience that uh, there are many, many parents who are traumatised after this experience in a regular setting and are going through years and years of counselling trying to recover from it. And I know my own experience, I'm still trying to recover from it. You know, so, and that's under normal restrictions, you know. I mean, this situation is creating horrendous problems for families, and there has to be a better way. And the point, the point that I just wanted to make there was, there is no criticism here of hospital staff on the ground. Some of them have contacted me very upset that they're being criticised. The staff on the ground are unbelievable. And it, I yeah, know it's the, the hospital's Trojan policy itself do. is what you have a problem with, yes. yes. And what I'm seeing now, social media, what's been happening over the last few weeks, you're having hospital staff go onto their social media, appealing to people for help, to help them look after their patients. We have people appealing for protective gear and appealing. Last night we had Rotunda appealing for iPads. This is the staff themselves. Within an hour, the public are reacting and donating iPads to Rotunda to help the patients. And an anaesthetist in Hollis Street on Saturday put out an appeal. We need protective gear. What are we going to do? A business responded within a day. We will make you protective gear. We will deliver it to you. People are amazing. The hospital management, come out, tell us what you need. What do you need? Do you need protective masks for these parents? What do you need? Okay, perhaps you need more space. You've been yeah. crying out for that for years well, that's, and years. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. And you haven't yeah. got anywhere, right? But in this emergency situation, we need these parents to have access to their babies. They are the primary caregivers for these babies. What do you need? We will help. The public will respond and help. Business will businesses will help. That's been proven over the last few weeks. People are jumping up and down to help. Let us help. Talk about it. Tell us what is needed. Because the staff are crying out for assistance and they're getting it. And the staff are doing an amazing job. They're the people who have to enforce these restrictions on no, and I, and I know, and I, and I know. Earlier on, when we were talking earlier on about it, I mean, obviously to Mandy, she was saying she wants Simon Harris, basically. I mean, not in a week's time, not in two weeks' time, but right now, to basically say to the hospitals, come up with a solution. There has to be a better way to do this. And I completely agree with you. And I think everybody listening today completely agrees with you. And it's not something we need to put on the long finger. It needs to be done right now. Yes, the space is not going to happen overnight. That could take weeks or months. But we need to come to some arrangement whereby fathers and mothers have access to their children, and that because it's outrageous that they can't. Uh, listen, yeah. Jan, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming on. Okay, here. well, thanks very much, Niall. Thank you. All right, okay. Um, okay, loads and loads of people texting in about it. And a person says, Niall, I think it's absolutely outrageous that a mother or father would have uh, no right to see their own child. Niall, again, I, I think this is appalling. I think it's bad enough that a mother only gets 15 minutes to see their child, but denying the father access to the child altogether is completely sexist. Well, I didn't want to bring that into it, but yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? But then again, the mother is the one that had the baby, and I understand the importance of that maternal bond. Uh, but absolutely, it is wrong to tell the father he can't see his own baby, for God's sake. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.